what is happening, ladies and gentlemen? TGIF, the crew is back together. And you know what? We got this one-week thing going here, guys. We had a key injury to Jumbo Joe. We got Austin Matthews, you know, on the IR for tonight or whatever you want to call it, off with some general soreness. I talked to Terry Koshan this morning after the news broke, and Keith said that it's not a serious thing, not something we should all worry about, uh, just more of a maintenance thing to uh, let them rest a little bit more. And we know with this truncated system they got going on, maybe some rest isn't a bad thing. Uh, Jumbo out for four weeks. So we'll get that news right out there right off the top, and we'll talk about who's going to replace him here in a moment. But I want to get your guys' theory on this, okay, our thought on this theory that I came up with. If you look at this season, there's 56 games. So you look at it, seven by eight, that's 56. So if you have eight of these seven-game segments and you're able to win each of those, you give yourself a good shot. You know, so I put that out there. A lot of people seem to like it. Do you guys think I'm onto something there? You split this into eight seven-game segments, and you try to win each of those seven-game segments in this kind of season where you need to pick up these victories? What do you guys think? James? No? All right. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, injuries injuries are going to happen. I mean, every team's going to battle injuries. Every team's going to have players that aren't going to be there every night, and it, it is what it is. It's part of the game. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, you got to have guys that are ready to step up and you, you can't take a night off. I mean, this is, uh, you're all professional hockey players. You're all paid to do a job. You show up and you do the job. Whoever that person is, you show up and do the job. Are there better people for the job? Yeah, of course. I mean, there always is, but you know, it, it, you have to make best with what you got. And I mean, the lineup's going to look a little different. Um, I mean, there's going to be. It's going to be some – some like, I mean, see, I see Kerfoot sliding into the, the second line there. That's that's going to be entertaining to see how that goes. Yeah, um, we'll jump I mean, into the lineup mix-ups and the thing. Here, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, at the end of the day, every guy's got to step up, right? I mean, uh, your guys are going to go down. The injury bug's going to bite, especially in a short season. I mean, at the end of the day, um, nobody nobody's sitting here thinking we're not going to see injuries. So, um, I mean, Jumbo Joe – He's got the uh, the fractured rib. That's that sucks. I mean, we're not gonna see him for a few weeks, but um, I like take precaution with Matthews. I mean, we're in a good spot. We're not we're not too bad off, and I mean, um, rather have him out one game than have him out six games. So uh, at the yeah. End of the well, day, what, what do you think of that thing that I was talking about there about the you know the eight groupings of seven, you know, and yeah. winning those, and that gives you the better chance. That's uh, We'll talk about that for a second. I threw that theory out there. And actually, I got an email back from, from Terry Koshan and Craig Button of my thought on that and what, where I came up with that and how that might work. And, I, you know, I simply explained that, you know, it's a four and three or, you know, a five and two. Or if you're lucky, a six and one. You'll never go seven and oh, I don't think. But if you win those things, that's, that gives you the best position, right? If you come out of each of those seven game things, you know, on a winning note. But I well, want to know what you guys think of that right off the top. Yeah, well, one hundred percent. I mean, to it's it's just like winning a series, right? I mean, the most games won, the better off you are. I mean, if you can if you can if you can win, you know, six of those six seven of those uh, those those games, I mean, hell, you're you're sitting pretty coming up coming into the playoffs, right? So, um, I mean, those those they're crucial, and you're playing these teams in back to backs, and you're playing them in in uh, you know like three three four times in a, in a two week span or whatever the case is, then, you know, you're going to got to, you've got to find a way to win those battles and got to find a way to come out on top. Um, I mean, right now, the, the, I mean, the, the, 
the whole thing's still – it's still too early to call. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if you can win, like you said, if you can win six, I mean – you're you're pretty much if you can do that with every team you're you're pretty much sitting, you know, top of the top four in the in in the in the mix for a for a for a playoff spot. What do you think, Jamie? Well, the time to do it is now with Thornton out. I'll let you talk about the Matthew situation later. You know, you got you still got the Flames twice, and you still got the Oilers twice in the rest of January. So. You want your top guys available. You want your, your lines going because you're going to be playing Montreal. And look at Montreal in the last week, man. They're on, they're, they're on a heater. So, um, and, and we knew Thornton wasn't going to last the whole year on, on the top line. It was just a matter of time. And it's unfortunate it came this early for Nick Robertson, Joe Thornton. And uh, there's another Leaf not, not playing tonight, but I'll allow you, I'll allow you to talk about that. But... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's time to kind of just let maybe Anderson play over the weekend, uh, Joey Anderson, uh, Adam Brooks and, uh, Travis Boyd. We might see one of the, those guys, uh, inserted over the weekend and, uh, you know, let, let the young guys play and, um, maybe, maybe take a, take Spets a spot or put him back on the taxi squad. Who knows? But, um, like I just mentioned, we've got the Flames twice and the Oilers two more times. Uh, including. Yeah, no, we we definitely do. I mean, we got those two teams coming up. And you look at, okay, tonight you look at no Thornton. Okay, well, that sucks. But, I mean, he still brings his energy to the room, still brings the positivity, outlook, different things that you're looking for out of a veteran, reason why you brought him in. You know, as much as the locker room presence as it is the on ice. Uh, Matthew's okay, so we'll go tonight. We'll see what happens beyond there. But Terry Koshan said, you know, I was emailing him not even 20 minutes before we came on. And he said, you know, Sheldon Keefe doesn't bullshit. So, I mean, if he tells you that it's not serious or anything to worry about, it is more of a precautionary maintenance day. Let him heal up, you know, general soreness. We've all been through it where you, you kind of tweak something or pull something or whatever, and you just need a little extra time. So that's what that is. But for me, I look at this lineup and we'll talk about it. You're talking about guys coming in. Who replaces Joe? To me, it has to be Hyman up on that top line if it's with Matthews. Tonight, we might see Tavares, Marner, Hyman, which I don't mind. That line clicked last year. Then you look at the second line. What can you do? You can either put Willie at center, Kerfee at center, Spets at center, Ingvall at center. You have lots of different options to sprinkle through and see what works. Um, you know, you know, Mikheyev's now going to move up. Um, we're going to talk more about Kerfoot in a little bit. I got some numbers to throw you guys to, to open your eyes on what Kerfoot is. And it might, uh, might daunt you a little bit, but I'm going to ask you guys, when the lineup comes back to being where it needs to be for the Toronto Maple Leafs with Matthews back, we'll take Thornton out of the equation for now. What do you see it being? I see Hyman on that top line. I see Mikheyev being with uh, Tavares and Nylander or Tavares and Marner. However, they want to blend that up. They might do the old Hyman, Matthews, Nylander line. Um, but we'll see. But I want to know, do you guys see those guys moving up? Or do you see them giving a golden ticket to one of these guys who isn't playing because you know tonight coming into the lineup you got Brooks you got Ingvall and you got Babaranov coming back in obviously Ingvall looks to be the fourth line center the other two guys I can't tell you where they're going to sit in but what do you guys think Kyle I'll go with you first who suits into that Joe Thornton spot when Matthews is back and what do you see the top six looking like without Joe Thornton well, I think we, I, I think we're gonna. I think we might see some of Mikheyev up there. Um, I, I really think 
I think Sheldon Keith likes that big body that can retrieve pucks and, and, and has the playmaking ability to open the ice for a Marner or a Matthews or, or, or a Nylander for whatever it is. Um, I think, I think EC McKayev probably get a taste. I mean, Hyman, Hyman's the reliable option. I mean, he's been there before he's done the job. He's, he's that go, go get it workhorse that we all love the Hyman hustle. It's, uh, you know, it's. It, I wouldn't be surprised if Keith goes back to something that that's that's worked in the past and and put him in there. Um, for I've seen I've seen that most most lines got Babranov, Engvall, and Simmons as your fourth line tonight, and then you're gonna have Kerfoot probably. Kerfoot, I, I I'm interested to see Kerfoot slides into that second line center tonight. I think he uh, I think he's gonna get. A, I think he's gonna get a change. I got the same. I think thing. he might get a taste. I, I think he might get a taste. Oh, I you think, guys are uh, gonna hate me later in the show. Oh uh, man, I, I I know he's 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 defensive. Uh, he can he can you know he can play in the defensive zone really well. Uh, he can move the puck. He can he can make plays uh, and he can bang in goals too. So I mean, uh, to get some energy going and 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 I know there's some familiarity there and you, you know what I mean. Like so, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kerfoot, but I mean. For for I I like to see the you know Brooks and those guys get a shot uh, not not on top lines but you know get their taste and uh, see what they can do and get some wheels going um, but I, I I think I think at the end of the day I think McKayev probably gets a taste at top line and then if uh, if it don't work I think Hyman's gonna obviously take over and he'll run back where he's been used to. Oh yeah, well I mean he's the a Swiss Army knife for this lineup, man. Yeah, put Zach Hyman. Sure. Works right. He's the the workhorse of all workhorses. But Jamie, what do you think, buddy? What, what sprinkles in here? Well, you you saw last game throughout the game against Edmonton, the the blender was going in the first, the second, and third period. I'm with Kyle on on Kerfoot. I I could see him on the second line, and maybe uh, McKayev going up to that second line position. Maybe you see Simmons on the top line uh, going back and forth from Hyman and Simmons. You've seen Simmons uh, last Simmons last game playing on some on the power play. And uh, you, you don't really want to give McKay of too much time on the top lines. Give him, you know, log 15, 20. He's not going to log 15 or 16 minutes because uh, he's, he's been killer on the power penalty kill. So um, you want him to kind of um, – be on that uh, keep keep him on that uh, penalty kill. So you don't want to give him too much top line minutes because then you wear him out when it when it comes time for the Leafs to be on the penalty kill. So pair Banoff, I finally got it right. I've been studying that for the last six hours. I finally got Bear Banoff's last name correct. So um, you, you see him on the the fourth line with Engvall and, and Simmer there and. I'm not sure if there's going to be additional lineup changes uh, from now until puck drop, but uh, that's kind of where I have my line set right now. Um, and obviously Tavares, Marner on that top line. And uh, yeah, and uh, let's just wait and see. I, yeah, I, no, definitely. We'll wait and see. We'll see what the, the blender comes out like. And, you know, we'll say it right now. And I said this, um, you know, in the prediction season video on TikTok and on Twitter, uh, available now, ladies and gentlemen, go check them out. Uh, always a fun time. See uh, Kyle already chiming in with his uh, score four three for the Leafs. So let's hope the uh, the good luck train keeps going. But you look at the players coming in; they're gonna be like an injection of adrenaline to the squad because the legs are a little tired. 
There's a lot of games that have already happened quickly, and I know these are finely tuned, highly paid athletes, but this is a lot of hockey in a short period of time, and it will take these guys a little bit of time to get going. Like Brian Burke said the other day, this last game the Leafs played, same with the Oilers, that would be considered the end of the preseason, and now you'd be getting your legs going for the regular season. This would be your first regular season game after eight preseason games. So you look at it, the Leafs are where they are. You got to get ready to go. It's, you know, all the humdrums there. But the interesting thing to me, guys, is you look at this lineup and you look at everything going across the league. You know, you look at Matthews and first it came out, he wasn't feeling well. This isn't a normal season for a lot of these guys. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the ill effects of working too much, I don't know about you, but I work too much. I'm a little tired, a little groggy, and I come home from work. I don't have the same pep in my step. I go to work the next day. I don't have that pep. You know, you need a little bit more sleep, a little more time off, and that's what weekends were designed for. But then you mix in the travel for these guys, limited sleep when they are traveling. You heard about Winnipeg getting into uh, Ottawa at 1.30 in the morning, having to be on the ice at 8. You know, those things will start to eat at you. And, you know, they realize you may miss a, a key player here or there or a role player throughout the season due to fatigue, but it's going to happen. But that's why we have the taxi squad, and that's why we have extra players. You know, so you look at this, you may have to limit a player in-game, you know, to relax him, to get him some shifts off, whatever you have to do. Or maybe they take a game or two off like Austin Matthews is tonight because of general soreness that usually they would play through because there'd be a break between games, but there isn't. It's a game almost every other night. So like Jamie was saying earlier, you have to kind of let these guys rest and have the best players available. And going up against the Calgary, which I picked to be one of the better teams in this league and division, you know, you want your Austin Matthews in there and stuff like that. So I think this season, rest, fatigue, all of those things will play a factor way more than we're used to. And, um, you know, it's it's going to be something we have to watch and, and definitely see guys coming in and out of the lineup, whether it's a veteran, a role player, or a star. I can see it happening more and more. And guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's going to be the norm this season. 100%. Yeah. You, you'll see Anderson. You'll see Boyd. You'll see Booksy, um, anybody available, and, and AHL starts February 5th. So you, you're going to see uh, guys coming and going. And the Leafs just played that Wednesday night tilt uh, five games in eight days. So uh, it's not a normal season. It's, it's, it is what it is. But uh, with, with five games in eight days, you're going to see guys like Matthews and Maybe Mariner sits a game or two, and, and Leaf Nation's going to be, well, why the hell is Mariner sitting? Because you have, you know, people that cover the Leafs, you know, we understand. The, the fans aren't going to understand, right? They're already on T.J. Brody. With no preseason, they're already on <laughs> T.J. Brody. So that, they're just talking to their ass right at this moment. But we understand, and, it, and it's fine for us to sit here and relax because – five games in eight days like you got to be realistic like come on like you know it's 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 an unprecedented season like it's just unprecedented to see this type type of season and when things go back to normal next year like you just said james you're gonna have a proper schedule and you know it's teams going through COVID right now carolina dallas they've got they've got to come up to come up with playing 56 games and it's been mentioned. Pierre LeBrun's been asked this question every day. Is teams going to actually play out the 56-game schedule? And right now, the NHL can't determine that. It's, it's too early. But you've just got to understand, the way that this schedule is, 
you've got to really just be patient and, and just allow Marner to sit. Five games in eight days, it's okay for Mar- Matthews to sit. Mon- Toronto's in first place. Yeah, they haven't pl- they played Montreal once. They play the Oilers. They play the Flames. They play those team majority of January. But instead of me beating a dead horse, you just got to realize five games in eight days, yes, sit Matthews versus the Flames or the Oilers, the teams that are, you know. Yeah, and that's the right thing to do. Kyle, I want you to chime in on this too. What do you think about this stuff here? I mean, well, I mean, as fans, I, 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 we don't think about it, right? We don't think about players getting tired, and they shouldn't get tired. No. But I think should. And, and we always, yeah, like you said, we always look at them as these highly, highly conditioned, you know, massively, some say overpaid, and I'll, I'll agree they're slightly overpaid. I mean, nobody should make that much money to play a sport we used to pay to play, but whatever. They've they've reached an elite elite level, and and, and kudos to them. They put in the work and they put in the time. Um, but we got to remember it was. Uh, you know, a short turnaround for some teams, but a, a different turnaround, you know, after the bubble playoff and, and then turning around to start the season and get things going. Um, and, and you're playing a lot of hockey in, in a short amount of nights. So um, you're going to get banged up. You're going to feel bruises a little bit more than you, you typically would. Um, and there was no, there was no, there was no four game training camp to get your butt beaten around the boards a couple of times to, to remember what it feels like. So um this I, I I think a lot of teams this is like and, and and I think you know the Leafs have done a good job of filling their taxi squad with with you know capable players that could step up any night at any moment to go to go and I I think that's going to be key. Uh, we're going to see it tonight. We're going to see what it looks like. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you got to expect it. It's going to happen. Um, I mean, I I know just like you said, Jamie. Um, I mean, when, when you're tired and, you know, you're working those long stretches and, you know, you, you just, everything just starts to hurt and it hurts a little bit more and everything takes a little more effort. So um, this is where you let those taxi guys, uh, they're going to come in huge and you're going to have to have that next guy up mentality. And I know John Tavares was talking about it already in the pregame presser and stuff. Um, you know, it's, you got to do your job. Nobody can replace a Joe Thornton or, or you know what I mean? You gotta, or an Austin Matthews. You're gonna just have to have the next guy up, use his skill to the best of his ability, and uh, you know, I mean, look, you, you get guys like Hall that are quietly just having good starts to seasons, and you know what I mean? These these guys want to play too, so don't don't be don't be kidding yourself if uh, Adam Brooks steps in and goes goes and has a game, right? Like I mean, at the end of the day, all these guys want to play. They all want to do their part, and. Uh, you got to expect the injuries. It's a shortened season. It's 2020 into 2021. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> no, for sure. Well, you know, another thing here is, you know, and I haven't got so far, you know, from the fans and the pundits and stuff like that, but you look what they're saying. And the fact is how early it is in the season, yet there's so many people already writing off TJ Brody, like Jamie was saying. And for me, here's my example. Okay. This guy here, new team, new routine, new D partner, new system. Oh, Let's throw in a six-day training camp with zero preseason to ease himself in and get acclimated. Yeah, he's a pro making a bunch of money, but at the same time, it takes time to fit in, time to see where you fit in, get the timing down, find the rhythm. And I think the past couple of games, guys, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think TJ Brody has definitely found a rhythm with Morgan Riley and played a lot better. And I mean, like we just said about the preseason game, these are basically their preseason games because they didn't get any. The first five games are 
you know, them getting into shape, working out the kinks and figuring it out. So this is what happened. Another thing too, people are already done with Freddie. Everybody's writing Freddie off. Oh no, this is it. You know, he's disinterested in playing here. I've seen, or, you know, he wants to uh, get a new contract. It's distracting him or, you know, he's thinking about being a paid and, you know, we should anoint Campbell the starter because, you know, it's like, whoa, you know, at the same time, do we not remember guys what it was like not to have a goaltender at all between the pipes? Do we not remember the carousel, the circus that was the Leafs net from Reimer to Bernier uh, to Toscala, you name it through our pipes that came through there and we couldn't figure it out. And then we get Freddie Anderson now because he's off to a little bit of a rough start this season. Everybody's riding him because he had a little bit of a rough time versus Columbus when his D wouldn't help him. We're writing him off. I think we need to pump the damn brakes and realize this is just the beginning of the season. We're still close to the top of the division. We can be up there with another victory. No problem. But we need to realize people finally are starting to want to sign in Toronto. Name value players want to come here. And what do they do when they start seeing their name smeared all over the media four games in? It starts to make other players who are thinking of coming here not want to come here. So, guys, we got to pump the goddamn brakes. we got to push it back a little bit and realize this is early. And things will happen. Mistakes will happen. Players will falter. But now these guys are starting to get comfortable. Look at Freddie the past couple of games. You can say whatever you want about the Edmonton game. The first one, puck off Muzzin's foot, fluke, bad penalty, broken play, back of the net, empty net's not his fault. But you look at those two goals, you know, they could have went easily the other way against Edmonton. So I don't fault Freddie 100%. But I think we need to back off some of these guys and not pick a new whipping boy so early in the season. We did it with Gardner. We did it with Kadri. We did it with Kessel. We did it with so many different players. I think we need to calm it down a little bit and just let these guys get their feet under them and then start making brash comments and, you know, saying we got to cast this guy away because he's no longer – because it gets annoying to watch it. I I don't even go on social media that much except the postings and comment around or during game day because just watching people sit there and surmise how a player played when, you know – they don't really know the ins and outs of it or what the guy's thinking or feeling. It's like last year with John Tavares guy breaks his hand, has a new baby, but nobody factors those two things into it that he rushed himself back. And Oh, here we just found out that he had an oblique injury all last year too. So the guy was battling through the hand being tired as a brand new father and an oblique injury. So, I mean, you never know what these guys are hampered with and we're out there casting aspersions on them. We shouldn't. So I think we all need to calm it down and, Start enjoying the fact that we actually have hockey amidst everything else that's going on in the world. Well, and, and it's always been it's always been that way. Let's Toronto media, toxic media. Um, I mean, there's so many outlets. They all want to get stories. They all want to make the headlines. It is what it is. Um, I mean, that's always been a thing. Now, the kid, like, just you nailed it on the head there, Jamie. I mean, other players are watching this, and you know, when a when a guy like Freddie who, yeah, has a shaky start or has, a, has some shaky points in the season, what freaking goalie does it? Um, you know, there's very few goaltenders in the NHL history that, you know, didn't have shaky parts to their career or have shaky seasons or have shaky part of the season. Listen, they're human beings at the end of the day. <laughs> like, let's not get ourselves. Things go through their minds. Things stick in their minds. I don't care if you're not on social media or not. When you're in Toronto, it's blasted over every TV station. It rolls on the bottom of every TV station. When, it, when it's when it's Leafs news, it's everywhere. So to think these guys don't pay attention to it and it doesn't hurt the Leafs in recruiting or signing big-name players, you know, it, you 
you're kidding yourself. And so the fact that we've come to a point where we got big name players coming to Toronto and players that want to play in Toronto and to Freddie Anderson, I mean, at the end of the day, let, like, let's not, I'm not, not being mean or not, I don't want to be a guy that's bashing him, but you don't think that if Keith and Dubis and, and Shanahan, if they didn't think there was a better option than Frederick Anderson, that he wouldn't have been traded during the off season or something. Like Freddie's got one of the most favorable contracts for a goaltender in the NHL. To think that not one team called and said, hey, well, Freddie's in the last year of his deal. What do you want? You know what I mean? If there was a better option, I'm sure they would have exhausted it. But Freddie is one of the top 10 goaltenders, you know what I mean, consistently. He's always there in the mix. He's always, he's always, he's always being consistently good. Now, you want me to give you, know, you some numbers here, some context on this, yeah. uh, this season here for the Canadian division. So uh, shout out to uh, Coach Bombay, uh, obviously in our hockey pool there, Mr. Rich. But uh, listen to this. So <clears throat> these are goaltenders within the Canadian division. Price, 3.51 goals against average, 887 save percentage. Allen, 202 goals against, 907. Freddie Anderson, 301 goals against, 886 save percentage. Close to carry Price, less goals against. Campbell, two goals against, 895 save percentage. Koskinen, 323 goals against, 906. Hellebuck, two goals against, 935. Markstrom, 199, 935. Demko, 54.45 goals against, 866 save percentage. Holpe, 357 goals against, 892. Matt Murray, 3.78 goals against, 880 save percentage. So Freddie Anderson within this division is right within the numbers of everybody else, except for Hellebuck and Markstrom, which seem to be having a a stronger start than the rest of the group. But he's with Price, Allen, Campbell, Koskinen, Demko, Holpe, and Murray. So he's right in the mix with everybody else working out the game. Top 10. Top 10, like I said. And, I mean, at the end of the day, you you, you nailed it, Jamie. Got to pump the brakes on this shit, man. I mean – Every day, it's the same thing. Freddie's not good. He's shaky. He doesn't look like he can take you to a cup. Listen, goalies get better as the season goes on. He didn't see any friggin' pucks in the offseason. He wasn't playing preseason games. Like, give the man a break. Like, holy crap. At the end of the day, we're still sitting in a good position. We're not, we're not like, 0-4. Like, some teams, you know, you know, you could be well more, more worse off. So, I mean, at the end of the day, give it up. Let, let, let these guys get into the season. Let's see what we're at after, you know, 10 games, and we'll, we'll start yelling and screaming then. Can I give you a scenario? I know. Hey, by different. the way, Bombay beat me in the first week of fantasy. I'm not impressed. Hey, <laughs> I guess who's whooping him right now with Ovi on the bench. That's good. That a boy. Go get him. Hey, we got, we got 10 minutes left. So, Jamie, you got to go quick, and then I want to touch on the Dubois thing and the uh, Kerfoot thing quick. Four minutes of ice time. Uh, okay, I'll I'll save my thought for another day because you only got ten minutes. Yeah, I'm gonna want twelve minutes. So, anyways, <laughs> so anyways, I will save that thought for another day. But all right, well, let's jump into this right quick. Uh, I'll take care of these two things. We obviously know the Winnipeg game Edmonton game. We don't need to run through those. We've talked it to death. We've seen it talk to death. I'm gonna throw some numbers at you guys right quick. and then 100%. Who am I talking about? The answer is your defensive specialist that you're trying to make a defensive line out of. That's Alexander Kerfoot's face-off stat line through five games. 29, 62, 44, 
33-100. Out of those two games, two games, he's above 50%. The rest, he's barely winning faceoffs. 29-33-44. That is unacceptable if that is going to be your lean-on defensive line. That is unacceptable if that is going to be your lead penalty killer winning faceoffs. He's not getting it done. I don't care about the 100% against Edmonton because I don't know how many draws that was. It didn't break it down for me. The ones that worry me are those three low numbers, and that's three games out of five. So that's more than 50% of the games he's played. He's at a low face-off percentage. That's why I said you guys might hate me later on. He is not the defensive stalwart we think he is. And how do you start defending properly in your own zone? What do you need to do? You need to win the face-off. And if you're not winning it at 29, 44, and 33%, that is a problem. If you are the defensive line starting in your defensive zone, that they is don't, a they don't problem. put, they don't think to put Spezza, who, who's, who's actually doing well on faceoffs. He went 10 for 10 one game there last week. So, oh, know. I know. Then he got put on waivers. <laughs> I, guess that's, I guess that's how I feel about Spezza. We're going to put you on waivers. Yeah, well. And nobody's going to pick you up, so really we're not the bad people in this situation. So there's the, there's the thought on, on Kerfoot I was talking about. Um, quickly, um, four capital players obviously going to miss four games due to COVID protocol, hanging out in a hotel room, um, $100,000 fine. It came out to light that someone they were associating with did have COVID. Oh, that was a problem. Um, obviously, you need safety first. Now, Obi's wife, now as a side note, has come out and ripped the NHL and the NHL protocols. Um, saying these guys share a bench, a lounge, a locker room, not to mention sweat it out and hug on the ice during cellies. Um, so what's hanging around in her room? Um, I, I think she omitted the fact about the other person being there who did test positive. Uh, but this is yeah. something we were all going to have to live with throughout oh. the season. So, so it is a problem. Um, then you look at Carolina. Games are postponed uh, throughout the week, which definitely hurts me in fantasy. I'm just saying. And then yeah. – um, I'm going to put this one out there. The NHL was trying out those new pucks, guys. This will be the last thing we touch on here. And, um, oh, actually, you know what? It's not going to be the last thing. We'll touch on Dubois right quick, too. But the uh, pucks have been pulled off the ice with the tracking chip in them. Apparently, there's a lot of dragon problems. Uh, players like Pedersen, Matthew, Spezza, and a few others have named the fact that they do not perform the same way. And, obviously, the NHL has agreed. They've gone back to last year's pucks. There's no timetable in putting back the chip pucks back on the ice. So, Maybe when Matthews is back, we'll see what's going on. And maybe that's what led to the upper body injury. Too much strain on these uh, weak-ass pucks. But we'll see what's going on. But the one thing I want your guys' opinion on before we uh, have to wrap is I want to know, Pierre-Luc Dubois in Columbus, do we see him move? Do you do the smart thing if you're Yermo Kekalainen and bench this player? Not bench him. Put him in the press box. Because right now, if him and Tortorella are having a spat and Tortorella is going to keep benching him, here goes his value. Yeah. It's going to tank. Well, and you're not going to be mean, able to trade for him. You got to yeah. let this guy stay in the press box, get a deal for him, because it's toxic for the team, toxic for the player, and it's media fodder every day, which a young team like Columbus does not need. So, Kyle, have at it. Floor yours. Buddy, I mean, holy, at the end of the day, I have seen what he played three minutes and 55 seconds last game. I mean, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, at the and end Carter, of the day. Carter, he wasn't benched, too. 
Yeah, yeah, but he didn't. Yeah, he didn't play a shift after the first period. <laughs> hey, he sat hey, in the middle of the bench. I'm not the guy. To, I'm not the guy to talk to. Talk to the player. Oh, but you did. That's all I gotta tell you. You, you nailed it, Jamie. At the end of the day, man, uh, you got you got to put him in the press box. You got to get him out of the. You got to get him out of Columbus. Uh, I mean, you got to find somewhere that's willing to take a guy that can you know slot into their lineup and. And help them out right away. And I mean, it's just, you know, it's just you're creating media attention and unwanted media attention that just becomes toxic. And I mean, look, I mean, you got Max Domi down there crapping an egg and he, like, I just let, I just let him go off my fantasy team. Like my, my goodness. Like, you know what I mean? Like nobody's talking about that though, because well, Pierre-Luc Dubois only played three minutes and 55 seconds his last game and sat for two periods straight. Like, bud, what are you like? It's just, it's craziness. And I mean, Get him out of there. Um, let it benefit him, the team, whatever, man. Just just be the bigger team. Move on. Uh, this is just crazy. It's kind of, it kind of gets annoying, too. No, I it mean, definitely does so get annoying. It, it it's so blatant. For like, it's so blatant. Like, you know Torch is doing it just to be a a dick. <laughs> and, I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's just like, come on, man. Well, We're not Steve in high Steve Dangle pointed out the best thing ever, right? So, Torch benches Pierre-Luc Dubois. So what happens after the game? Instantly, everybody's on Torts, talking to Torts, want to know about Torts. Torts makes a bunch of quips. All the attention's on Torts, 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 Torts. So this is like Babcock with Spezza, right? Everything is on Spezza, and then it's on Babcock. Everything's attention is me. I need the attention, and I'm feeling that out of uh, John Tortorella right now. He oh, wants to be sure. the media spotlight, darling. And I think you need to get a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois out of there. Jamie, what were you saying? You think that – that uh, Tortorella was right on this. At the end, of the, yeah, at the end, right. at the end of the day, it's you know Torch is going to run the team. He's going to be the he's a head coach. And like Craig Button said, hey, you know, don't talk to me. Talk to the player that's involved in this in this scenario. And, and Nick Foligno said it too. I, I know it's, we're in the spotlight, but. You know, at the end of the day, it's Torch's team. And, uh, you know, if Kokolainen thinks it's wrong for what Torch is doing, then, hey, uh, then a coaching change may have to happen. But, uh, hey, I, I'd love to see him in Montreal. That's that's all I got to say. Not, it wouldn't be good for Leaf fans, but, hey, that's probably no, the best I, fit. I, and I think Berge, that's where he's going to go. And, but I just and Bergevin is going to make the big, the big splash. And I, I can see him going to Montreal at the end of the, the conversation. Yeah, I can see him going to Montreal. I just don't think Montreal wants to pay the uh, the price tag right now. But we'll see. But, ladies and gentlemen, uh, tonight we got the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers locking horns once again, uh, looking for the boys to pick up a victory. Uh, I'm calling 3-1. We'll go around the horn. Jamie Anesty, what do you call the game tonight? 4-2. 4-2 Oh, 4-3. All right, all right. All you guys are saying things. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Friday edition, TGIF Leafs edition of Offside Hockey Talk, and this is Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk.